والصلاة والسلام على سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين اللهم اجعل جمعنا هذا جمعا مرحوما تفرقنا من بعده تفرقا معصوما وتقبله في ميزان حسناتنا يا رب العالمين يوم القيامة. Today إن شاء الله my brothers will talk about a subject that has a great resemblance that has a great resemblance of what's going on today in our Islamic world. And uh, by going through this story, uh, we can actually reflect on things that are happening these days, and see, uh, and maybe learn also how to uh, how to handle these things that what we're going through in these days. Uh, I wanted to talk about uh, uh, an Islamic leader. First of all, his, his name is Qutuz. Uh, he was uh, one rahmatullah he was he was one of the uh, main leaders of islam that actually uh, was a, had a great impact on the islamic history and uh, uh, he changed a lot of the things in the world at the time but uh, when i wanted to talk to about him i thought uh, you know i looked at his history and i found out that we need to talk a little bit about go back a little bit and see um the, the the history before him and what happened before him that led to his leadership so uh always when we mention qutuz as an islamic leader we always uh, think of uh, al-maghul or tatar uh so we have to know a little bit about tatar and it's uh, it's it's going to be uh, i think i thought it it's a good idea to uh, split that into three parts. So the first part is going to be today, inshallah. We'll talk about uh, the, the first part of their history. And then the second part where they actually reached uh, uh, Iraq and reached uh, Syria. and the, I mean, they reached the Bilad al-Sham, Syria, Palestine, and Lebanon, and so on. And then the last part will be about the fight against those people by uh, Qutuz, led by Qutuz, rahmatullahi the story started this this story uh, start the uh, story of tatar started in the 7th century of uh, hijri that is that means from the year 600 to 700 that's the 7th century of the hijri uh, and uh, that means it's about 800 years from now uh, from our current date the 800 before uh, at that time if we look at the world the world was controlled by two main forces. Uh, the, main, the first force is the Islamic force or the Islamic uh, nation. And the second uh, force is the uh, Christian or the Crusaders nation. So this, these are two, the two main, Islam, uh, the two main uh, forces that were controlling the world at the time. Um, the, the Islamic nation covered an area from west of China until the Atlantic Ocean in, in Morocco and uh, Andalusia, and parts even of Europe, like, you know, like uh, Turkey, Albania, all these places were all Islamic nation. However, although that big area of Islamic nation, the, the Muslims were not a strong force. They, they, were, uh, they were at their, uh, uh, at their weakest point. There were a lot of differences between Muslims, and they were even fighting against each other. Uh, they had a they had a symbol at that time. That symbol was uh, the uh, the Islam the Abbasi Khilafa Abbasi Caliph. 
And uh, although the name of Abbasis extends for 500 years in the, you know, in, in the Islamic uh, history, at that time they were they only controlled part of Iraq, which is the middle of Iraq, and a little bit of the the, the north, not not the full north. That's all that they could 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 control. The rest was not uh, uh, under their control. It was by different nations or, or different uh, uh, kingdoms. Uh, Egypt uh, and uh, Hejaz, which is uh, you know the, the Medina and Mecca, uh, Yemen. Uh, Sham means that countries of uh, Palestine and uh, Lebanon, Syria, and, and so on, they were controlled by the Ayubian, uh, Ayubian uh, uh, kings, and they are actually the uh, the grandchildren of Salah al-Din, Salah al-Din al-Ayubi, However, although Salah al-Din, as we know, is is the conqueror of the Crusaders. Although he was he was a very good Islamic leader, his children were not the same. So they controlled all, all that area, all that uh, property that their father left them. However, um, they were even fighting each other for for, you know, for dunya, for money, for uh, control. So they started to become weaker and weaker in those areas. Um, on the on the east part of the Islamic nation. Uh, there were uh, uh, there was an empire called the Khawarizmi Empire. That was the empire which is bordering uh, bordering China, East uh, West China, and that was a, a, a really big uh, empire. It was extending from west of China, China now, going through all if you know those states: Turkmenistan, uh, Azerbaijan, uh, Uzbekistan, all these nations. It was under the ruling of the Khawarizmi Empire. And it goes from west of China until it reaches the borders of Iraq, to the, the Abbasi uh, uh, Caliphate. Um, India was under uh, the ruling of uh, people who are called Ghuriyin, Ghuriyin, which is not part of the uh, Part of Khawarizmi, but also they were fighting with the Khawarizmi. I mean, although they were Muslims, that was under the uh, Muslim ruling, but still they were fighting each other also for for dunya. Uh, the west part of the Islamic world was under the control of uh, uh, a state called the Muhyiddin, Dawlat al-Muhyiddin, and um, they were the supporters of the last days of Al-Andalus, Andalusia in Spain. So um, again, those those people were also a strong state, strong strong people, but they were declining at that time. They were going to their uh, their you know their destruction. I mean, self destruction. Because again, unfortunately, at that time, most of these, although as I said, all these states were Muslims and everything, but they had the love of dunya and uh, and the love of uh, you know money and property. And they forgot about their deen. So uh, that's that was the state of the Islamic force that was uh, controlling. And all the time, the Islamic force was controlling the the Crusaders or the Christian force, which was the center of the Christian force was in Western Europe, which is now um, 
France, Spain, uh, Germany, uh, and uh, Britain. Uh, in, in addition to that uh, main uh, Western force, there we have uh, we have also the Byzantine Empire was still there and was controlling Greece uh, and uh, uh, Bulgaria and on those places. Uh, uh, there was also a state of the state of Armenia and the state of Kurj, which is now in Georgia. These are the the, the Christian states that were always in, in a continuous fight with the Islamic world. Um, and you recall from the Harub al-Salibiyya, from the Crusader, Crusaders' War, uh, there were a lot of Christians that actually moved into the Arab world, into the eastern Mediterranean, in, in Palestine, and in, in Lebanon, and in Syria, and they settled there, and they established their emirates there. There were emirates for the Christians still, even after the, the fight of Salah al-Din, there were still Christians living in those areas, and they had some smaller, small emirates still uh, still living there, uh, like uh, Acre Emirate, which is very famous, and the Beirut Emirate, and, and several other emirates in, in that uh, coastal area. So that's just to give us an idea of what the status was at the time. So mainly, as I said, two forces, and they were always in struggling, struggling with each other. Amongst all of that, uh, uh, I forgot to mention Tur Turkey. Turkey was under the ruling of Selajika. Uh, Selajika means it's a, the group of people that were controlling Turkey at the time. And uh, they are the, uh, also the grandsons of uh, Alb Arsalan. Alb Arsalan, he was the the leader of Selajikala that controlled Turkey at the time and also was Islamic and you know a strong Islamic state at one at what point in time but also the, his uh, his grandchildren were weak in the sense that they were also you know not not looking for uh, the interest of Islam they were looking for their own interest of satisfying their own interests and desires in general the Islamic world was as i said was full of uh, Full of interest in dunya, full of uh, full of even drinking, full of uh, watching women and dancing and so on. It was it was a it was a rich. They were rich. They were you know they had a lot of uh, resources, so they got the love of dunya in their hearts, love of dunya in their hearts, and they they just uh, went astray away from Islam. Um, Amongst all of that, uh, in in that part of the world, uh, there was there was something uh, that happened in the year six hundred and three, that is the start of the uh, the beginning of the seventh century, and that happened in the in an area in uh, north of China. This area is called uh, the Desert of Jubi. Uh, in this area, uh, suddenly the there was a, a group of tribes called Tatar. It, it's, a, it's, a, it's a huge group of tribes that lived in an area called Sahara, a desert called Jubi, north of China, which is now Mongolia, which we refer to as Mongolia. Mongolia is actually squeezed between uh, China and Russia currently. This is where it all started for the, those people called Tatar. Uh, a guy called uh, Timujin, rose from those tribes. 
this guy called Timogene, he had a very strong character, very strong charisma. He was very brilliant. And uh, he just had this idea of uh, uniting all the Tatar under his leadership. He had a very, very high leadership skill, subhanAllah. So he actually united all the, those tribes, the Tatar tribes, under his own uh, leadership. And he started, uh, uh, you know, a big, a big nation uh, called uh, Tatar, and then was called Maghul, based on the fact that he came from a tribe called Maghul of the Tatar. So he came, uh, Timujin came, came from a tribe called Maghul, and Abu Maghul is actually a branch of Tatar, one of the branches of Tatar. So uh, he actually, uh, his name. Was he was nicknamed by Genghis Khan? Uh, maybe you've heard of the word Genghis Khan. Genghis Khan means uh, means the conqueror of the world. So he liked this uh, this title. He's, he liked his nickname, and he called himself Genghis Khan. Means the conqueror of the world. And he had this uh, vision that he wanted to control the whole world. He just wants to control the whole world. Take control of over all all the world all, over all the world. And he succeeded in gathering all the Tatar, huge numbers. Uh, as you know, China has always, has, always had huge numbers. So he, he, he gathered all his people. He formed a strong army of those warriors. And he formed, uh, started to conquer around him. And he formed a big state in China, uh, Mongolia, Korea, Vietnam, all that area. In the, in the Southeast Asia, as well as China and Mongolia. They were all under his control, and he formed uh, the first Tatar state. Uh, all of that happened in only 10 years. All of that control took, took over. He took over all these countries in 10 years. Now, uh, of course, be, taking control of all that area, he was on the borders of the Islamic nation, which is the Khawarizmi Empire, as, as, as we mentioned. So now uh, he had a vision, actually himself, Genghis Khan, had a vision actually to reach Baghdad, which is the, which is the center of the uh, Abbasi Khilafat. Yeah, they, are, they have no religion. no religion. They have no religion. They don't believe in anything, those tatars. They, they just have no religion. And that's, that was actually a problem because when you, when you have an army that fights and doesn't believe in anything but dunya, then you expect the worst of them. So anyway, those guys wanted to control. They started thinking about controlling the Islamic nation. And of course, as we said just now, that the Islamic nation was a rich nation and they had a lot of resources. So they wanted to actually start moving inside. But they, but Timujin or, or Genghis Khan had in his mind something. He wanted an excuse for him to start invading the Islamic nation. Now, uh, uh, the first, the first of the of the of Khawarizmi Empire, which is you know the first state, which is uh, or the, the first uh, portion of Khawarizmi Empire, which was actually on his borders, was Kazakhstan. That's the first uh, Islamic nation which is just on the borders. And something happened, uh, and maybe this is a lesson we should learn. Something happened at the time which was weird, that the French, the Crusaders in France, sent a delegation from them, from France, from Paris, all the way up to the capital of the Tatar in Mongolia. 
to convince him to invade the Muslims, to, 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 you know, to, to push him to actually to invade the Muslims. Uh, of course, because they were, they were the enemies of Islam, they, they, wanted, you know, they wanted to actually to get his forces to come and conquer the, the Muslims. And, and that also encouraged him, encouraged uh, Jankiz Khan to think really about that and you know, to, to, to really uh, invade the Muslims. The empire of uh, Khawarism in that area was led by Muhammad bin Khawarism Shah. Muhammad bin Khawarism Shah. And again, at the, like most of the leaders at the time, he had in his mind uh, the money, the wealth, the, con- the control. Uh, he didn't care much about Islam. He was a Muslim. He was, he was, a, he was a, by the way, he read Quran and everything, but um, he was isolated from his people, and all, all what he cared about is the, you know, his, his own people, his own family, direct family, and, and his will. Although, although, as we said, he was a Muslim, and he was reading the Quran, and there were, there were some, story, some good stories about him, but in general, he wasn't, he wasn't that type of leader that you would expect him to stand against those uh, Ma'ul. Uh, now, uh, the, the excuse for Jankiz uh, Khan came up when some merchants from the, the Tatar were, you know, went to uh, uh, the town called Atrar, and that's just on the borders, as we said, in Kazakhstan. They, 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 they went to do some trading there. For whatever reason, they were killed in, uh, in Atrar, a group of merchants. They were killed by the Muslims there. We don't know the reason. It's not mentioned what the reason was. But anyway, Jenkins Khan, he thought of this as a good excuse for him to, uh, you know, ask for, for justice. And of course, um, Hamad bin Khawarizm was controlling that area. He said, uh, okay, we will, we will put them on trial. We'll see if they were guilty. They will be punished according to the Islamic law. Whatever they deserve, they will take. But Jenkins Khan said, no, I want you to bring the criminals to Mongolia the capital of Mongolia, and we will trial them there. Now, of course, as per the regulations of the world, and which is at the, then and now, you should, when, a, when a crime happens, it should, be, it should be dealt with in the same country where it happens. So Muhammad bin Khawarizm Shah said, no, we, we don't accept that. They will be tried, but they will be tried here in, in, you know, in the city that the crime, the crime happened. Jenkis uh, Khan did not accept that. So and and used that as his excuse, and he moved, collected his army, grouped his army, and started his move towards the Islamic world. And it was where uh, the first the first town obviously was this this city called Atrar, where uh, the first battle between the Muslim army by, led by Muhammad bin uh, bin Khawarizm Shah and Jenkis Khan, and there was a big fight for about four days continuous. Uh, they were uh, in that fight. It was, it was a big fight. Twenty thousand people from the Muslims died. Twenty thousand uh, martyrs died in that uh, fight, and more than these people died actually, actually also from the from the Tatar. However, the Tatar, Tatar had an endless supply of of manpower, as you know. So, uh, eventually, Muhammad bin Khawarizm Shah uh, escaped from the battle battlefield. And he escaped all the way back to his, uh, to his capital, the state of Khawarizm capital, which is uh, 
which is the town of Otranja. Otranja. And he left all the bigger cities of the Islamic cities, you know, and, and the towns and villages without any, without any protection. He went back with his army, you know, he withdrew and left the whole, the whole land opened. Atranja was actually back in the middle of the Khawarizm state. So uh, big cities like Samarkand, like Bukhara, like, you know, the, all, all those big cities, uh, uh, Maro, all of these big cities were left without any protection, without any defending. And that and he was only concerned about protecting his money, protecting his wealth, protecting his children that were in Otranja, in, in the main capital of the Khawarizmi uh, Empire. Uh, the first, uh, the first big town or big city, big Islamic city. I, I, I'm just, I'll just mention a couple of cities just to, for us to know the story of so, those cities and what happened to them, just to show you uh, the status of the Muslims at the time and and how they behave, and uh, maybe learn from this. It's always uh, we should always look at the history to learn from it and see how how you know how how we should cope with it. So the first uh, city, which is the city of Bukhara, the main city, Bukhara, without any protection, Jenkis Khazan proceeded to Bukhara. Bukhara was a, a huge city, one of the bigger cities at the time. And as you know, Imam al-Bukhari is from Bukhara, so he came, came from that city. And it was surrounded by the Tatar, by the army of the Tatar. Uh, and... Jenkis uh, uh, Khan told the people of Bukhara that he will give them you know, he will, he will grant them safety and security as long as they open the doors of the city for him. Just let him, you know, allow him to come in. And the people, they knew about the history of the Tatar. So they were frightened. They, they, they had their, the fear of, of the Tatar in their hearts. They didn't want to die. So they said, okay, let us open. I mean, he said that he will give us safety. Let us open the doors for him. The fuqaha, you know, the, the ulama, the scientists and, and uh, religious uh, people of Bukhara, they said, no, you should not trust them. They, they don't have a religion. We know about how they behave in their wars. So let us not do that. So there was, there was a difference of opinion between the people, the, the ulama and fuqaha, which is a limited number, of course, and the majority of the city, which said, no, we were frightened. We want to open the doors. Uh, unfortunately, the majority took over. And uh, khulaf, uh, the the fuqaha and uh, scientists and ulama they went to uh, a castle in Bukhara and they hide they hide themselves there they they they, you know, they defended themselves in that castle and uh, you know told the people if you want this is your decision you open the door and they opened they actually opened the door for the army of the Tatar the army of the Tatar went in and he uh, he started convincing the people of the city. That those are terrorists. They are, you know, they are the people. That means the, the scientists and the fuqaha, and they are trying to go against you. They are trying, you know, the publicity that uh, something similar to what we see these days. So we want to, uh, you know, I want you to help me to conquer the castle because they know they know better about the castle. Unfortunately, and that shows how how weak people were. They actually went ahead and helped. Jenkis Khan to conquer the castle, the, 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 the people of that city. And unfortunately, they, uh, Jenkis Khan went into the castle and he killed every single person in that castle. There was a big slaughter there. Uh, 
And immediately, as he was killing those scientists and, and scholars in the, in the castle, he started killing the people of the city at the same time. So he had no, no, you know, no deal with them. He just went back on his deal with them. And he killed all the city, all the people in the city, men, women, children, elderly, killed everybody. He didn't leave anyone in Bukhara. So that was the first, the first city that took the first brunt of the of the of the Genghis Khan. Now, of course, as you know, this is this is obvious terrorism. And when you when you do that, of course, it's not just killing. You know, also raping. You know, uh, killing the children and uh, opening the wombs of the women who are pregnant. You know, doing all sorts of things that you can imagine. Um, of course, that meant terrorism, and people. And all the world now started to hear about his doings in, in, in those cities. And, you know, they start to be very frightened of, of Genghis Khan. And that was uh, in, in uh, now 616, the year 616. Uh, Zainab ibn Jahsh, uh, وسلم, she asked the Prophet, وسلم, and this is, this is just, it gives us an indication. Uh, and she asked the Prophet, are we going to be killed even if we have the righteous people and the good people amongst us? And if we have good people amongst us, amongst the Muslim nation? And still, like, like the ulama of Bukhara, who, who thought right, and they were good people, they were, you know, they were Muslims, they were real, real Muslims. So she asked him, are we going to be killed because of that? I mean, are, are we going to be killed even if we have those nice people amongst us? And Rasulullah said, yes, you will be killed, you will be slaughtered, if you if the dirt khabath, he said the exact words if there was a lot of dirt amongst you dirt means love of dunya love of uh, doing bad things doing the uh, you know sins and everything if that's that becomes overwhelming then even the good people are going to be killed and this is a, this is a, a, a hadith that tells us that this can happen even in, in our days if we if we have even good muslims and the majority are bad then then everybody will be will be killed uh, uh, the, the the main guy who actually put this uh, history of the of the uh, of the tatar was uh, ibn al-athir maybe you've heard of ibn al-athir ibn al-athir actually lived at the same time and that's why most of the historians refer to his writings because he actually lived that time during the Tatar. So well, just to give you an idea, and I will, I will finish with this. Uh, when he was writing, when he started writing this in, in, in the history of the Tatar, uh, and, uh, you know, to, to, to put it in, in, in perspective and write it in, in, on the books, he said, I, I was really hesitating to write this history uh, of the Tatar. Because, uh, let me just write it, let me mention it in Arabic. إنني تأخرت كثيرا عن كتابة هذه القصة لأنه من ذا الذي يسهل عليه نعي الإسلام بيديه. I was really, you know, hesitating to write the history of the Tatar because who's who who will be, you know, whoever who is this Muslim that's going to write the history or write the the death of the Islamic nation? 
that you know that will actually express the death of the Islamic nation. He was so um, so depressed and so uh, feeling the pain uh, of the uh, he to the extent that he thought that there will not be any more Islam after all those uh, after all those uh, fights that Genghis uh, Khan did to the Muslims after all his conquerings. Uh, it's a it's a long history, but. Uh, I will stop now because we just ran out of time, and continue inshallah next time to see this uh, the the second part of this uh, of this history. Alhamdulillah, Rabbil Alamin, Wassalamu Alaikum, Sayyidina Muhammad, Sayyidina Muhammad.